It's no secret that marketing your dental practice has evolved as digital marketing continues to become more sophisticated and, and patients turn to search engines and online review sites to find their next dentist. Website usability, SEO, content marketing, and, and reputation management can all play a significant role in helping attract patients and increase your revenues. So today we're joined by Ernie Cote, owner of Bullseye Media, a marketing and advertising firm that specializes in digital marketing for dental practices. Bullseye Media has helped over 350 dental practices across the U.S. and Canada acquire patients through highly targeted marketing. Ernie, thanks for joining and really appreciate you being here. My pleasure, Eric. I appreciate the invite. Absolutely. So you know what? Let's just uh, let's just jump in and uh, and get started. So at a at a high level, okay. What what exactly does digital marketing mean for specifically for dentistry, and, and what sort of challenges can it help solve for a practice? I recorded a video just the other day, and I started it by saying no sane dentist would ever spend money with an advertising agency unless they were looking to get new patients or get more revenue per patient. It's really not about a website or SEO or reputation management or any other, you know, crazy thing that, that we as digital marketers come up with to sell. It's really the only reason a practice would spend money with somebody like us is, is for one of those two reasons. They either want to get new patients from their surrounding area or they want to sell a new service and get more revenue from their patients. So in our view, digital marketing is only as good as it can achieve those two objectives. And it, it, it's really about two sides of a coin or maybe scales if you think of it that way. One is all about traffic. It's getting the right traffic to the, the, the dental practice website. And the other is conversion. Because let's say, for example, you advertise a new mover special. People new in the neighborhood can come in for a free exam or something. If somebody responds to that and then they go to the main page on your website, you've immediately lost them because they weren't interested in the main page of your website. They were interested in this new mover special. Same thing if it's a Visalign or teeth whitening or whatever. You've got to make all that stuff tie together. So we really look at it from the perspective of traffic and conversions. If you spend a lot of money getting people to come to your site through social and paid search and, and everything else, and they don't convert into something that you can use to get a new patient or get more revenue per patient, then it's failed. So it's got to be two equal things, a traffic and then conversions. Um, I had a, a great analogy the day I was, I was talking with an oral surgeon and I was, he said he wanted to completely redo his website. And his complaint was that he didn't have enough traffic on it. And I was having a hard time with this analogy. And I finally said something to him that I personally thought was brilliant. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I said, you know, if, if you're a, a dental practice, you ever played that game, would you rather with your kids? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, like, would you rather like eat your own boogers or have to write, you know, a, a, an essay on Benjamin Franklin or whatever? Um, so a, a would you rather for a dentist practice, would you rather have a mediocre looking office on a great corner, tons of traffic, everybody can see your sign, your parking lot's always full. Or would you like to have the most beautiful office anyone has ever seen? It is the Taj Mahal of dental offices. It's stunning and it's on a road nobody drives down and it's difficult to find. Everybody would love to have the nice office, but in reality, they want the traffic. So it is our job 
to work that balance and not give somebody the Taj Mahal of a website and then nobody ever comes to it. It doesn't make them any money. The money might be better spent to have an okay digital property, but lots of traffic driving by. So it's, you know, it's a mix of those things. It's not just about a great website. It's not just about top SEO ranking. It's not just about great social. It's really a formula of, of those different things. So if you then, okay. So if you, if you then take, you take the traffic and you take the conversion, right? And, and those things, then we, we, we start to think about that, that big thing that everybody talks about, right? Patient experience, right? Patient, you, you hear that in, in, in every discipline of, of, of dentistry itself, really in business itself, right? You know, itself, but patient experience. So Building on what you said about traffic and conversion, how, how can digital marketing strategies ac- actually play, or, or I guess really, how do they play into the overall patient experience? Well, it's the very first thing, a new patient, it's the first impression they're going to get, right? I mean, the first physical impression they're going to get is when they walk into your office, but they're not going to walk into your office until they've been on your website. So it's going to be the very first impression that they get. And even prior to that, it's getting to your website. So let's say, for example, somebody found you on a list, best dentist in the area or whatever, and that you have moved practice, you've added a phone number, you've changed emails, URLs, whatever, and that's not updated and they're trying to find you and they can't, that's a bad very first impression. Let's say they can find you, that the the number's right and they go to your website and it's very slow to load or it doesn't look good or you can't find the information you want or whatever it might be, or maybe you've got multiple offices and it sent you to the, to the wrong location, whatever it is, that very first impression that they get of you, other than talking to you on the phone or actually walking into your office is huge. Um, speaking of, of, of talking to you on the phone, I'll give you a really great example. We have a lot of doctors that do sleep medicine. So you're familiar with sleep medicine. So you know, if you have sleep mm-hmm. apnea, you might use an appliance. We had some doctors that wanted to advertise as a CPAP alternative. And I use a CPAP. I had figured out that I have sleep apnea and I hate the darn CPAP and I'm actually going to get an appliance soon. But let's say I was out there shopping around online and I found CPAP alternative and I find somebody, a dentist nearby that, that, that does that. I call the front desk and I say, hey, um, I'm calling because I've got sleep apnea and you know, I understand that, that you guys you know, can, can help me with my, my sleep apnea and, and my, my CPAP and maybe replacing it or something. The front desk is going to say, oh, I'm sorry, sir. We don't, we don't do CPAPs. We, don't, we, we can't help you. We don't replace CPAPs. Well, there's, there, there's something there that, that's not, it's incongruent, right? So it's not just making sure that your online stuff is good and it gets somebody to the website. But when they call the number, your front desk has got to be educated on the whole campaign. Or let's say that I found uh, an ad about sleep apnea in an alternative and I go and it takes me to your homepage where I have to dig through to find out. Well, that doesn't help. I I wasn't looking for a new dentist. I was looking for a sleep apnea alternative. I need to go to a page that's about sleep apnea and I need it to be useful and friendly and engaging and make me click a button for more information. And if I don't do that, then it's it's just been wasted dollars. So I would argue that the whole patient experience starts well before they call you, well before they walk into your office. 
It's being able to find you online. It's the impression they get of you online. And then it's being able to interact with you in a very efficient way online. And I guess you could probably say that if if all of that leading up to the, the moment that they either pick up the phone or say more so walk in your front door, if any of that experience up to that point is not good, then chances are you will not convert. They will not be walking into your office for any kind of procedure because all of that front front experience that they had navigating a website, navigating a phone system or whatever it was, was not good. Oh, absolutely. It's like any experience you have, right? If you're going to book a hotel, buy a car, pick an insurance company, I mean, anything, you're going to do a little online work. And if it's difficult and cumbersome, you're going to go to someone else. And that's unfortunate because they could be passing on the best dentist that they've ever been to that would have help them more than any other dentist ever but but for those 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 the first part of that experience uh they never got to them yeah i mean that's absolutely true it's like in the old days it was the phone call or walking in the front door everybody spent so much time and attention on making sure that first impression when you walked in the door was great that voice on the other line i mean i i I worked in a contact center in the early days and we used to tell people to put a mirror in front of their cube And be sure and look in the mirror and physically smile when they answer the call because you can hear the smile in somebody's voice. Well, it's the same thing. When somebody comes to your digital property, it needs to smile. It needs to communicate that this office is friendly. It's efficient. uh, It's got expertise. It knows what it's doing. And if the digital experience is all bundled, why would you have any, any confidence that everything else they do is on target, right? Right, right. So then with that, are you seeing any, or I guess maybe what would be some of the current trends that you're seeing in the digital marketing space for dental practices? And is there anything, and even beyond that, is there anything new that you see coming into focus, like say over the next few years? So the, 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 a couple trends. Um, one of them is the crazy growth. Um, there, you know, you and I are here in Dallas and I'm, I'm sure you've got listeners everywhere, but just using Dallas as an example, there are a thousand new people a day coming into the Metroplex. The average dentist needs about 1200 patients. So you've got lots of dentists retiring in theory, and this is not exact math, but you could open a new practice every day just to handle the influx of new people coming to the Metroplex and a lot of other cities are experiencing that. So there's definitely a, 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 a growth need that, that needs to be, to be met. Um, the other trend is that dentists are beginning to understand that, kind of going back to the, the conversation a moment ago, that just having a website is not enough, right? And Google has this thing they call the HIPPO effect, H-I-P-P-O, and that is the highest paid person's opinion. And in the business world, let's say you're looking to do a campaign or a website or whatever, uh, you know, social campaign, and you're all in a conference room and everybody is looking at a couple different examples and they all turn to the end of the table and ask the CMO, what do you think? And that was kind of the old way of doing it. And it was the highest paid person's opinion. And that's who ultimately made the decision. Well, today, smart businesses don't do that. Smart leaders say, well, hey, just because I like blues and I like whatever, 
what it's about is what do my customers like? What's going to engage them? And dentists are starting to, to see that same thing, that just because you like certain themes, certain ideas, certain colors, certain images on your website, it may not be what converts. So we are seeing, we are working with a lot of our customers on A-B testing. And the way that works is uh, there's a very easy technology that you can use that if you and I go to Dr. Smith's website, you see one image, I see another, and then we go back and measure who stays on the site the longest, who actually clicks and wants for more information. And maybe the site that had the pretty flowers on it converts the best and the dentist hates flowers. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know too many people that hate flowers, but you get the idea that there's this trend of beginning to understand if a practice is going to go spend all this money on social and print advertising, postcards in the neighborhood, signage, sponsoring sports leagues, uh, social search, all that, and then get people to come to a site and it's not converting because it is tailored to that practice's taste versus what the, the the new potential client actually wants, then it's a miss, right? It's, it's wasted money. So that's a trend. And then the third one I would say that everybody is, is, is really beginning to understand is the power of reviews. That is huge. And I could talk about that for an hour. Um, and I think it is worth talking about, honestly. I think there's a lot that, that, that dentist practices ought to know about reviews. Uh, but that is definitely a trend that, uh, practices are seen. Well, I, I, when I think of reviews, I always think of, you know, it's, it's, you know, before, you know, you would ask your friends, family, right? You know, Hey, who, who do you go see? Oh, I love Dr. So-and-so you need to go see them. Right. Well now to me, the reviews expand that, you know, it, it, expand, it expands your friend and family network, right. To, uh, you know, strangers, but strangers that are now putting their, their experiences, there it goes, you know, back to experience, right? They're putting their experiences out there so that you can review them, see how you would feel, and then make your decision about, is this a doctor that I'm going to call or not call to, to set an appointment? So it's, it, to me, it's like the new, it's like the expanded new version of kind of the old friends and family network. Well, it, it's actually that amplified, it's that uh, exponentially bigger because let's say that I go to Dr. Jones and I don't like her and you and I are in the same family and it's at Thanksgiving and I tell you and you don't go to Dr. Jones. The chances of you then having that conversation with 20 other people is very unlikely, right? Now let's say you go visit Dr. Jones and you leave a scathing review. The entire digital universe gets to see that. And by the way, most people go to negative reviews, not because people are inherently negative, but they want to know, right? If you were going to go buy a car and it had 500 stellar, amazing reviews and it had 50 that were really bad, where are you going to go? You're going to go to the 50. You're going to go, you're going to go, you're going to go figure that out. So it, 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 it's, it's both the positive and the negative. So the negative side of that is just as I described, a bad review can go on and on and on. And the tricky part of a bad review, dentist, listen very, very closely to what I'm about to say. You have to be extremely careful in the way that you respond to a negative review because of HIPAA. So for example, 
my daughter, who's a feisty little thing, uh, she got her wisdom teeth removed. It didn't go well. Uh, she called the dentist, said, I'm hurting. I'm crying. Can I come back in? They said, yeah, come in at 11 o'clock. They didn't see her at 1230. She's in the lobby, literally crying. She calls me and she's in tears. She's in so much pain. She goes in, they see her. And like I said, she's a feisty thing. She got online and just ripped our family dentist a new one and said, how could you let, you know, a teenager sit in your office and cry for an hour and a half and right or wrong. Uh, I'm not saying it was the, the practice's fault. I think it was, frankly, but, uh, you know, I, but what, what the dentist cannot do is say, Zoe, I am so sorry you had to wait. There were these extenuating circumstances because they've just violated a HIPAA uh, rule. They've admitted my daughter's a client. They can't do that. So the only thing they can say is we strive to see patients as quickly as possible, even in emergency situations. Sometimes things arise. Um, we, we, we regret anytime anyone has a bad experience and we are looking at our procedures or whatever. Never in that sentence did I ever address that Zoe is a patient there's because I can't. So that's really important. Um, on the flip side of that, the good news side is I'm just going to get nerdy for a second and give you some statistics. And this is based on a, uh, Google and bird eye, uh, joint study and, and bird eye is, is the company that we use, uh, for our, our back-end reviews, we'll talk about in a minute. But 93% of consumers use online reviews before making a buying decision. 57 will only patronize uh, uh, companies with an average four-star rating. And most consumers expect a business to have at least 40 recent reviews for it to be credible at all. So if you've got a hundred reviews and they're all stellar and they're from two years ago, nobody cares. If you've got 10 stellar reviews from yesterday, nobody cares. Here's the Google side of it though. Oh, by the way, 75% of businesses don't even respond to Google reviews. Here's why that's so important. Google's algorithm is always changing. And one of the things that Google does is they look at the number of reviews the, the positive negative ratio of those reviews and listen closely, does the business respond to those reviews? And if so, how quickly? So as an example, you're Dr. Eric and you get a number of reviews every week and you go in and let's say they're mediocre reviews and you respond to those and you say, Hey, thank you for coming in. Um, Again, same way. You can't you can't admit they're a patient, but you can say it's always so good to see our patients that we haven't seen in a while, whatever it is without admitting they're a patient. Um, and, and you do that. Let's say that Dr. Ernie on the other side of town also gets some reviews, but he doesn't even bother to reply to them. And maybe my reviews are even better. Google's going to give you more search ranking credit because it's, it, 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 it's an indication to Google that you are participating in the reviews, you're active as where I'm not. So it's not even, it's, it's the number of reviews, it's how recent they are, it's are they positive or negative, it is does the business respond to them and how quickly does the business respond to them. So it's, it's really, really critical to, to be on top of those. Another thing that's really interesting is it not to get in the weeds of the way Google does its rankings, but if you want to outrank the dentist practice in your town, there are a number of things that you need to do. And one of those is you need to have fresh content. You need to be blogging. You need to be updating your website. You need to be, you know, those things. Well, if I'm your patient 
and I leave you a review, Google looks at that as new original content for your site. So Ernie goes in and leaves a review for Dr. Eric. Ernie has just contributed new content that Dr. Eric gets credit for. So it helps you in an SEO ranking perspective. So it's just becoming so critical for new patients and existing patients, and it's becoming critical from a Google perspective. Um, what we have done is we were we actually integrate with our dentist practices PMS systems, a practice management system, so that when somebody checks out, they automatically get a text and an email asking them to leave a review, unless the practice doesn't want them to. Let's say that I'm a real cantankerous patient and the practice knows I'm going to leave an ugly review just because that's how, how the kind of person I am. They can choose for me not to get that, but everyone else does. We've started doing that four or five months ago now. Our average, and we've got over 200 uh, practices, the average is a 63% increase in reviews. We've had one practice that had a 270% increase in reviews. And it makes perfect sense, right? If your front desk remembers to ask you to give some to leave a review, which they're busy and they got a line of people and the phone ringing and trying to schedule your next appointment, it's the last thing on their mind. But if it's automated, every single time somebody checks out through the project management system, they're prompted, naturally you're going to get more reviews. When you get more reviews, it's Google likes it. When you respond to those, Google likes it. So it's it's just something that that, that shouldn't be ignored. And so again, with all of that, I, I see how it becomes like a like a snowball effect. I mean, the the more reviews, you know, you know, improves your your SEO, and then every response to those reviews is yet, yet another you know improvement, and so it just keeps building on itself over and over again. Absolutely, that's right. And so uh, practices that are not taking advantage of it, it's kind of they're not doing anything wrong. But by not being active in reviews, they're seeding, not seeding, S-E-E-D-I-N-G, C-E-D-I-N-G. They're giving their competition a leg up online. So it's not just a matter of not doing it and, hey, I'm not going to do it. Well, by not doing it, you are allowing your competitor who is to begin to beat you online. So I've heard you talk before about the five states of a practice. So I was kind of hoping maybe just briefly, could you kind of just run down for us what the five states of a practice are and how might, uh, you know, a digital strategy, uh, marketing strategy be different for each one? So as I've talked to our customers and our prospects, um, you know, there are two ways to approach a conversation with a dentist. And it is either me or somebody on my staff spewing to them all that we do. Website and SEO and PPC and organic search and paid search and programmatic and list management and reputation management. And I mean, the list goes on and on, right? And it doesn't mean anything to them, right? And it shouldn't because that is me telling them what I can do, which is not the right way to start a conversation. Right. I mean, a, a dentist wouldn't sit down with the patient and say, hey, Eric, I want to let you know I can do crowns. I can do fillings. I can do root canals. I can do. And you're like, hey, I don't care. Like, let me tell you where I hurt. Let me tell you what my what my what my what my issue is. So the same way for us, rather than starting a conversation by telling everything that we do, we really need to start the conversation by asking the practice, where are you today? What's the state of your business and where do you want it to be in X number of time? <clears throat> excuse me. So after many conversations like that, 
I've kind of put the buckets in five states. The first is a practice that has a lot of chairs to fill. It's somebody who just opened a new practice. They're either just out of school. They bought a practice from somebody who is retiring and, you know, they've got a bunch of chairs to fill. They just added a new associate. Now suddenly they've got twice the staff and not twice the number of patients. They moved into a new area. Um, I talked to a dentist not too long ago, a client of ours who had just, he and his wife had decided they were going to move into a new city and it was like starting over. Lots of chairs to fill. So if that's where they are, and I know that, I know the strategies to implement to say, okay, here are all the things that we do for a practice that quickly needs to fill a lot of seats. So that that's one stage. The next stage is a practice that maybe is that practice I described a moment ago, but five years down the road. They now have got a pretty steady flow of traffic, but that practice would like to see they've got five chairs and four of them are typically filled. And man, they really would like to get that fifth chair filled. Plus, they know that just over attrition, people moving, deaths, whatever reason, the same people filling those four chairs are not always going to be there. So they need to take care of some attrition as well as really kind of fill that, that fifth seat as much as they can. Well, that's a different level of investment. That's a different strategy. So we're not going to throw the kitchen sink at them. We're going to say, okay, well, this, these are the tactics and you know, strategies that we would use to fill that, that chair. A, a third one kind of the evolution of that would be that practice that went from having a lot to fill to a few to fill. Now they've got all their chairs filled and they're looking for some new revenue sources. They're saying, Hey, I don't want to be, I don't want to be in the office five days a week. I don't want to be in the office four days a week. I, when I am off uh, skiing, I still want there to be some revenue streams back at the office, or I want to be doing procedures that are uh, higher revenue. I want to start doing Invisalign, for example. So that is somebody who's got all their chairs filled, but they're looking for more revenue per chair. So they're looking to upsell and, and add services to their clients. Well, that's also a different problem, right? Because now we're not advertising to, the, to get more people in the, in, in the practice because he's got all the business he can handle. It's targeting those patients with, with upsells. And, 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 and so it's a different strategy. So then the fourth is a specialist who depends on referrals. So an endodontist, periodontist, oral surgeon, and they're looking for referrals from general practices. That's a different thing, right? You, if, if I'm an oral surgeon and my business depends on referrals from other dentists, I want to be sure that not only my marketing dollars, but my web presence is geared towards that audience as much as it is my new patient or my existing patient. Maybe those are even two different sites, but it, it's, a, it's a different way of approaching the business and it's a different way of spending advertising dollars. It's just, it's a different animal. So we don't want, it's not a one size fits all. And then the fifth one is, and we, and we have plenty of these. These are uh, doctors who say, you know what? I've been doing this 20, 30 years. My business is just great. I'm happy with it. I'm not looking to make any big investments but I do want my customers to have a good online experience. I want you to make sure that when they hit my website, that it's clean and efficient and professional, and they're going to get the same on online experience on my site as they would if they were in my office. So, you know, I'll just kind of end it like I started it. The options are we can stop and listen and say, hey, where are you today? We can make some recommendations. I always ask uh, someone I'm talking to, what are your five to 10 year roadmap? What, what, what's the goal? 
And it's typically one of those things I just said, they want to add an associate, they want to ramp down hours, they want to start doing sleep or some sort of cosmetic thing. And by knowing that we can say, okay, well, let's, let's, let's figure out a strategy to help you fulfill that business need versus saying, oh, buy this from me, buy this from me. The latest trend in digital marketing is this. Well, if that doesn't apply to them, who cares? Right. It's like you said before, it's, it's starting the conversation by asking the questions, finding out what's important to them, and then moving in that direction versus just spouting everything that you could possibly do under the sun and having them say, yep, that doesn't even apply. You're not listening. You don't even know what I need. I would just be really candid. The barrier to entry to start a digital agency is very low. Um, Unlike you, if you're going to go be, uh, you know, a a partner in an accounting firm, you got to have a CPA, right? You got to know accounting. They're just things you have to do. If you're a dentist, there's a lot of training you got to do, right? To open a digital agency, you just, you just got to have the tenacity to go start it and go get some clients and build a business. So there are a number of agencies out there that that's what they, they do. They know the digital marketing world. And I respect that all day long. But we come at it with a little different approach that says, let's approach this about growing their business the way that I want to grow my business. And if somebody's selling something to me, I don't want them to come to me and do what I, an old boss I used to have, he called the show up and throw up. You know, to show up and just tell everything you know about everything you've ever learned. It's just a bad approach and it's very self-centered. And, you know, I think the thing that's different about us is that I've run a digital agency in the past. So this is not my first rodeo, is that it is much smarter to say, all right, where's your business today? What do you need? Where do you hurt? How can I help you? In the same way that a dentist would say to a, 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 a patient, hey, Mr. Patient. I'm looking in your mouth to see what's going on. You got any pain anywhere? How, you know, are you flossing enough? And it's us saying to them, hey, we're going to use our lens and look at your digital presence. And we're going to tell you what we see, what we think, what we find. Um, But we also have to know where you are, right? Maybe a patient is not ready to do a procedure because their daughter is graduating from college next year or next week and they're not going to do it. Maybe they're, they're going to wait to do something because they, they run out their deductible and they're going to wait to a new year. It's not just the health of their mouth, but it's what's going on in their lives. And the same with us. It's not just the, the digital health of a practice we're looking at, but where does that practice want to be? And that's important for us to know. And the only way you figure that out is by asking. So that's always our starting point. So kind of so kind of continuing that that then, if you know, like you said, you know, I mean, uh, you know, every practice is in a different spot, uh, and every practice is going to have a different need. So if you if you if you did come up against a practice, someone who approaches you, and let's say that they have limited resources or a limited budget to spend, what what are like just a few tips that you could uh, could help them? you know, or give them that would help them compete in the digital stage in the digital marketing area, you know, kind of help them compete against the DSOs and things like that. Is there any, you know, like where's a good general starting point? The first starting point is know your digital market, know your competition. And when I would, when we have a new patient or a new client come in and we ask this question, inevitably the doctor's who he thinks his online competition is, is different than his actual competition. 
So if you're a dentist and every morning you drive by your competitor and or drive home and you see cars in their their parking space, that's your competitor, right? Or there's somebody that you you know across town and their business is doing well or they you've swapped patients before, they're your competitor, right? Well, in the digital world, maybe not so much because in the digital world, nobody knows your your competitors no or they only know what they see online they don't it, it, it you know it's it, it, it what they see is how much effort another practice puts into its digital marketing and if you've got somebody that you don't think is a competitor at all because maybe they're a lousy dentist and they're a bad part of town and whatever uh but the digital universe doesn't know that if they're advertising their awareness is good their reviews are good they're your competition, even though in your mind, if they're not your competition, you might have a dentist that you think is your competition, but that person, that person's not doing anything online. You could easily online go steal their business all day long. So it, it, you, you got to know who your digital company and you got to know your, your universe. We have some uh, uh, practices that are very rural and their patients drive in for 20 miles away. The digital market, and then we've got people who might live in in, an, in the middle of an urban area, and their patients are coming from two miles away, three, four, six miles away. We need to know that because that is very relevant on how we spend our advertising dollars. We need to know, um, you know, how the market perceives what their specialties are, what their what practices they like to do, what practices they don't want to do, procedures. I meant what procedures they want to do, what procedures they don't like to do. All that's important so we can build that into their into their digital campaign. So that's where I would tell them to start is to, you know, instead of know thy neighbor, know thy digital competition. So that, that's thing number one. And then the thing number two is to, they're going to know where they are in those five stages, but to think about it and communicate that. Um, because if they're talking to somebody who doesn't ask, that should raise a red flag. The, the person ought to ask. And, uh, you know, and if they don't ask, then the, then the practice needs to say, look, here's where I am. What do you do for somebody in my state? And if, if the answer is, well, we throw everything in the kitchen sink at you, that's somebody that's thinking about their own revenue, not the long-term success of their, their client. So those are the two things. If I were a, a, a doctor starting out, new practice, new town, maybe just new strategy, I would say, all right, let's tap the brakes and figure out who am I really competing against out there? What does my online universe look like? And where am I today? Where do I want to be tomorrow? And build all that into the strategy. Well, Ernie, all of this was great. Really enjoyed our conversation today. So thank you very much for your time and for sharing all your your knowledge and and expertise with us. Uh, Really appreciate it. It's been my pleasure. Thank you so much. And thank you for listening to the Eisner Amper podcast. Visit EisnerAmper.com for more information on this and a host of other topics. And make sure to join us for our next Eisner Amper Dental Dialogues podcast.